Alright, welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and Quentin. Alright, so we talked a little college last time, a little NBA. So let's talk about some uh, NHL today. So NHL is starting to you know, be in full swing and, and be pretty far into their season. So let's talk about some teams that are standing out right now. You got the Boston Bruins uh, at 11-1-1, and and the Rangers, New York Rangers at 10-2-1 in Eastern Conference that are kind of separating themselves as the top two teams in the league right now. Closest team behind those two is the Panthers at 8-4-1 and and, and the Red Rings at 8-5-2. and and So you got the Hurricanes at 8-6 and six and the Lightning at 6-4. I believe the Lightning just lost again today, so... That's your. Uh, that's what your top teams in the East look like. Bruins look really good, to be honest. Boston Bruins. Yeah, um, you know, lots of teams that didn't, that weren't that good of teams last year, are really starting out to have a really good start to the season. You know, mm-hmm. Boston Bru- Bruins are all, uh, eleven and one and one. That's a, uh, that's a great record to start off the season. Yep. And Boston Bruins might have. Pretty good season this year in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's your, really your top two teams in the Eastern Conference right now. The rest of the way, it's kind of a toss-up for now. I'm sure things will work themselves out as the season goes along. The New York Rangers look really good this year. Yep. Um, Ten and two and one. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah, pretty good start to the season. I've seen a couple of their games. They they do look good. Yeah, um, I agree with you. You know, the Boston Bruins, New New York Rangers, are the teams that are kind of separating themselves from uh the rest of the Eastern Conference. Like mm-hmm. you got uh the Panthers, the Red Wing, the Red Wings, the Lightning, and the Hurricanes. Uh, all with eight wins. And mm-hmm. Like after the New York Rangers, it's just t- teams with eight wins or less. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern Conference, so yeah, that's how. That's really how I think they're separating themselves. That's Western Conference is a little tighter race there. You got two teams that are kind of separating themselves. Also, the Golden Knights and the Canucks. Golden Knights are twelve two and one. They look really good. They I'd have to go back and look, but they won several games before they lost their first one. Um, and they've only lost two games and one in overtime. Yeah, I mean, Can- Canucks are ten two and one, right behind them, and then you have the L.A. Kings at eight two and three, and the Dallas Stars at nine three and one. So you know those are kind of the top four teams right now that are kind of separating themselves. Yeah, after I- after that, you got the Avalanche eight and four, the Jets at seven and five, the Ducks at seven and six, and so on and so forth. Right. So those four teams are kind of the top teams in the West. That that race is a little bit tighter, although the Golden Knights look really good again. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup last year. I mean they're yep. looking like they want to win another one because yeah, they look like they look like they're they're primed to win back to back as of right now. Yeah, but things I mean, can change. It's a long season, but yeah, I agree with you. They look like they're on the path for back to back. Yeah, I mean uh, the Canucks. They look really good at the start of the season, and I think they're going to be a pretty good uh, c- contender in the West. You know, I'm, I agree with you. This race looks tighter 
than the Eastern Conference. You, you just have four teams instead of two that are kind of in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if uh, Dako looks awesome really good this season. The LA, LA Kings teams, look yeah. really good. I've watched several yeah. of their games. They they look really good too this year. Yeah, I was just about to mention the LA Kings. You know, they they've been looking pretty good this year. Um, I think the LA Kings will have a great season this year and probably make the playoffs because I think so. They're looking really good. I I agree with you. I think they look uh, they look really good. Myself also. Yeah. Um. I definitely think they got a, a great shot at making the playoffs. They play Philly tonight, Philadelphia Flyers. I'll probably watch that one. I might catch a little bit of the Edmonton Oilers and Seattle uh, cracking game. But, uh, yeah, uh, Boston's all knotted up with uh, Montreal at 2-2, two and two, the Canucks. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so hockey's in full swing now. I've gotten to watch several games lately, so they're looking, a couple of teams looking pretty good. Yeah, and then... We'll cover it a little bit more further into the season, but those are just kind of the teams right now that are kind of separating themselves and look really good at the beginning of the year. So, we'll transition a little bit to the NFL here. So, you brought something up to me the other day. It's actually significant. The uh, Cardinals, who are 1-8, will get Kyler Murray back this week. So, that's a positive for them. Yeah. Not sure how much it's going to help them, but it, it it's definitely will be a positive for them. Yeah, and I mean, if they still had DeAndre Hopkins there, I mean... And and uh, no, it'd be a great year for Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Um, once he's coming back, I mean, this is gonna be a boost at the QB position because the Cardinals have been waiting for Kyler Murray to just come back and play. You know, eleven months of not playing. You know. Mm-hmm. I. I I thought his career was going to end because of the uh, ACL. Yeah. Tear. I thought that's, that's more of a common surgery than you think now. That used to be a career ender. When I was younger, watching guys like John Elway and Joe Montana, ACL was a career ender. If you tore your ACL, you were done more times than not. Now it's they with uh, um, all of the stuff that the doctors have and the technology – um, ACL surgery is almost like a in and out same day procedure now. You know, a lot of uh, recovery time, but like it's, it's not as it's it's not career ending like it used to. Just depending on you know how bad it is, but uh, I I thought he would come back. It just sometimes it takes longer than others. It just depending on how serious his was, you know. But it looks like he's he's primed to make his return finally. Yeah. I do not expect him to return, you know, but I mean, I guess he's going to return in Cardinals, uh, I forgot who they play on Sunday. Cardinals play the... Falcons. Falcons. Yep, Falcons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty good matchup, you know. 
Falcons are I think so. Too. Yeah, because nope. Falcons. Only problem I worry about with that though is Kyler Murray's been out for so long. He's probably going to have a little bit of rust, right? So you may watch out for that. He may be off on some of his throws um, for his receivers. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, against the Falcons, I mean, Falcons aren't that good no. on their offense. But I they, agree with that. They have TV show because uh, they benched Desmond Ritter a couple games ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think that Desmond Ritter is that good of a QB that the Falcons expected him when they first drafted him. That the Falcons expected him to be yeah. uh, when they first drafted him. And I think that right now, Falcons looking like they're having some trouble at the QB uh, position ever since Matt Ryan left. No doubt. No doubt they've been in uh, QB purgatory, haven't they? Yeah, just like... Uh, so I, like, go ahead. I really think that the Cardinals probably win that game. That's going to be just um, the... Uh, Possibility, that's for sure. Falcons, Falcons have a pretty, have a great defense. You know, they have a- added uh, Calais Campbell to that defense. I mean, big upgrade for Grady Jarrett. Um, mm-hmm. But that offense just... I mean, Desmond Ritter has all the rep- weapons, like Kyle Pitts, Drake mm-hmm. London... Uh, rest of those guys. I mean, he has great wide receivers, great tight end. Guys, <laughs> uh, but they just don't have a great QB that can find those guys. Um, I think that's a hole. That's just uh, one little hole in Atlanta that they just need to fill. Mm-hmm. So I just think yeah, that they've, they've been pretty quarterback needy for a while now. But so have the Panthers. I think the Panthers finally found their quarterback. They just need to build around him now. Um, I, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Panthers. Oh my, I agree. They haven't had a great QB. In a long, not since Cam Newton. Yeah. I know a lot of people will probably side eye me for that comment, but a lot of people forget forgot how many plays Cam Newton made. You know, for so many years when he first got there, like he, he won MVP. You know, in 2015. So, you know, Cam Newton was the last good quarterback they had. Last, you know. Yeah, they haven't had that good. He he carried him all the way to the Super Bowl, and he had two non-starting wide receivers on that team. You know, Ted Ginn Jr. back up all day long anywhere else, and Philly Brown, who most people don't even know who that is. He's, he would best be he any other team that year he would have been a third stringer. So Cam Newton literally carried them, you know, with Jonathan Stewart in uh, to that Super Bowl. So uh, Cam was a great quarterback for Carolina when he was there. Yeah, he kind of went downhill at the end, but injuries were kind of nagging him. So you know that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, I think Bryce Young needs a couple more years to. Uh, I mean, because he, he's not going to have great success. Well, he, just, he doesn't have anything around him. you got to have something around you to have great success. Like, his his, his number one receiver is Adam Thielen, who is yeah, an his... older receiver. Like, he, yeah, he's a great possession receiver, but he shouldn't be your number one. DJ Chark has been <laughs> okay was, yeah. at best. It's just been, it's yeah. kind of been his injuries. His injuries 
have just been not letting him play much in his career. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, if DJ Shark didn't have many injuries in his career, he'd probably have a, a more successful yep. career. Than Let's talk about some of the games I'm ready to watch tomorrow. Baltimore and Cleveland. I'm ready to watch this game. Man, Baltimore is rolling. They're rolling like an 18-wheeler right now. They are just dominating the opposition. Baltimore looks good. They look really good. I mean, that game, I just think Baltimore is going to destroy Cleveland. Does Cleveland have Deshaun Watson in that game? Yes, he should be. I'm pretty sure he's back, but... I'm not. Even, that's that's not even the storyline. You know what the storyline of this game is? Yeah, the defense. By no, 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 no. Just a couple of days ago, Miles Garrett, the star defensive end for Cleveland Browns, they asked him a question, and he said that he would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson every day of the week. And if you think that is not going to fuel that Baltimore team going into that game to take up for their quarterback. Boy, Miles Garrett, you should keep your mouth shut, bro. Cleveland's gonna come in hot. They're gonna come in ready to play, to to take up for their quarterback. I'm telling you, they just gave them motive. I bet you that's posted all over the locker room right now. That Miles Garrett said, and I, Joe Burrow's not a bad choice, but you probably shouldn't say that right before you're about to play that team that week. I mean, <laughs> well, that's kind of. Choice because you literally destroyed Joe Burrow week one. I'm not arguing. So, Lamar Jackson's dynamic. He brings his own style to the game. You know, I think he's been a lot better of a pocket passer this year, standing in the pocket, delivering the ball. But at the end of the day, he still has that, that, that extra problem that he causes you with his legs. Because they can call a QB sneak anytime, and man, <laughs> he's he, he's hard to catch. He's hard to take down. Yeah, he, and, uh, Jackson. I, and I, this is no shade towards Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I think he is one of the top quarterbacks in the league for sure. Joe Joe Burrow's on it. But again, like I said, like you probably shouldn't make that type of comment right before you're about to play that team and that quarterback. Because now, as Deion Sanders would say, you just made it personal. Now, and and so just to give you a little bit of background, earlier in the year, Baltimore beat beat Cleveland. That that quarterback he said he wouldn't take beat Cleveland, uh, twenty eight to three. Yeah, you know. Uh, okay, so he took Joe Burrow from Lamar Jackson in Week One. He literally destroyed Joe Burrow. And, and so and that week, and, uh, that very quarterback had 186 yards passing with two touchdowns, and then ran for another 27 yards and two touchdowns against you <laughs> when they beat you 28 to three. So again, I you can say what you want, Miles Garrett, but Lamar is a great quarterback too, and he he's up there with everybody else. Yeah, he's one of those quarterbacks that has the ability to be a quarterback. And a running back uh, at the same time, you know, because mm-hmm. when Lamar Jackson is under pressure, he, he can, he, L- Lamar Jackson can run, so that's why. Just call it what it is. He's a dual threat. Like he, yeah. he can, 
make you pay with his arm or he can make you pay with his legs. It's your choice. Pick your poison, right? And, and what makes that such a great combination is because at the mesh point, when he's handing off to the running back, like you don't know if he's actually giving it to the running back and letting Gus Edwards, you know, take off with it. Or if he's pulling that ball and keeping it himself and running it, right? So as a defensive player, what's that do? That makes you think harder. And when you think harder, what happens? You hesitate. And that, that slight hesitation is what gives Lamar Jackson that 6-yard gain, 10-yard gain, 15-yard gain. Or Gus Edwards, that you know 5-yard gain, 10-yard gain, 15-yard gain. Because you, you have a hesitation because you don't know who's got the ball. You don't know if Lamar had a keeper or if Gus Edwards is running it down your throat. And then the other one is a play-action pass, right? What if he doesn't do either, and he just throws it down the field on you? Like, that takes one defender away from coverage because they have to do what? They got to spy Lamar Jackson, otherwise he's going to burn you, right? So that's what makes a dual quarterback like him so dangerous because you have that many things that you have to – Figure out when that ball is hiked. Like, what's he doing with it? Is he throwing it? Is he running it? Is he handing it off the running back? What's he doing with it? That's what makes him so potent. And what makes that offense so dangerous, right? Because you, you have to think about all those things as a defender. Man, I'm I'm ready to watch that game. Because <laughs> I, I really think Baltimore is going to come out really motivated by the comments that Miles Garrett made about their quarterback. Okay, so <laughs> my last opinion... I think Baltimore is going to score at least 30 points more than Cleveland because they scored 30 points more than Detroit and last week Seattle. Mm-hmm. Both were at home. I, yeah, both were at home. So, I mean, is this... Oh, is this one's at home. There ha. you go. They beat Cleveland 28-3 to in their own house. And, okay, so... Ravens. This is at M&T Bank Stadium. Oh, so, okay, well, man, Ravens can really destroy it because they're, they're great at home. Yep. Only loss at home was to the Colts. I'm ready to watch that Detroit Chargers game. I think that Detroit, if they, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have any rust coming off that bye week, but... Um, if they play the way that they've been playing with a lot of heart and a lot of grit, they should win that game easily and come out of there with a win. Um, I'm excited to see what Donovan Peoples-Jones will add to that offense, giving them a, I know James, Jameson Williams has been kind of struggling since he came back from the suspension. So maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones will kind of give them another target other than Sam Laporta and uh, Amon St. Raw to throw to, right? Yeah, um, I think... A game that I'm excited to watch would be... I'm sorry, I'm in Ross St. Brown. Go ahead. A game that I'd be excited to watch would be... Uh, I'm going to go to the 49ers and Jaguars. Yep. Game. That's going to be a good one. I agree with that. I think the, the Jags and 49ers game is going to be tough, especially with the new acquisitions the Niners had. Chase Young and... Uh, there's another defender, a defensive Bosa. tackle... No, no, they, they acquired two defensive players. One was Chase Young, the other was a defensive tackle. I'll have to go back and look. But they, they really bolstered that defense and made it even better than it already was. So now you got, yes, two good edge rushers in Bosa and Young, and but they, they added a defensive tackle in the middle too. So 
we'll see how that that plays out in that game against Jacksonville because Jacksonville's been rolling lately. Yeah, you know, Jacksonville's been a great team lately. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they started 1-2, and two, but they've won uh San Francisco's been on a downward spiral lately. Yeah, they've lost three in a row. Jacksonville yep. won five straight. So, I mean, let's see. I mean, I'm excited to see if the 49ers will uh, end their losing streak or will, or they will lose the Jags and just three straight to four games. I mean, because the 49ers have, hasn't been that good with offensive team. Or their offense hasn't been that good in the last three games. Yep. Against the Browns. Their offense wasn't well, that good. I, I think part of that is they're missing Trent Williams and also uh, Debo Samuel. Samuel. He should yeah. be back. Yeah, yeah, he is expected to play. I think both should be back. No, Trent Williams is, uh, I think, really questionable. Okay. Another good game to watch might be New Orleans, Minnesota. Both are 5 and 4. Both are struggling a little bit lately, so that might turn out to be a really good game. Not, not one of the top games, but it. it could turn out to be a pretty exciting game to watch. Yeah. I mean, Josh Gardner is coming off a great debut with the Vikings. Um, yeah, they came back and won that last game. Yep, against Atlanta. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Saints are going to win that game. I Joshua Dobbs might have some trouble against uh, I, I agree. one of the best defenses in the NFL. I, I agree. New Orleans defense is better than the Falcons defense for sure. Yeah, the, I mean, I don't know if Josh Dobbs is going to be that good against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, you know, the Saints have... Uh, have usually had a good defense over the last couple of years. And uh, I think Josh Dobbs is going to have some trouble against that good of a defense. So... Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's going to be kind of exciting, not really, to me, but, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I think the Cowboys will have a bounce-back game this week. They'll beat the Giants easily. Yeah, that's Je- The New York Jets and Las Vegas Raiders game might turn out to be a good, and it might surprise you. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Aiden O'Connell will start that game. Oh, is Garoppolo out? I think he is. I, okay. It's either because of injury or they might have benched him. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, rookie, rookie out of Purdue. It's going to be a good I know the uh, transition a little bit here, but the uh, NBA kind of... Actually, you know one thing we didn't cover because we were off for so long? I'll take my hat off to the Texas Rangers. They won the World Series. Yeah, they uh, they were on fire at the right time. They kind of rolled everybody up, and they ended up rolling up the Diamondbacks too. And uh, hats off to the I needed to to do that. Hats off to the Texas Rangers. That is their first World Series win in their franchise history. Yep, they haven't won a World Series. So now they end their drought of mm-hmm. I don't know fifty, sixty something years. Yep. Uh. Because they were, um, 
have more World Series franchise history until then. So now yes, sir. Cleveland Guardians are the only team that has uh, like like they have the seventy three year drought of the World Series. So Texas Rangers have uh, ended theirs. I mean, I gotta say, Texas Rangers looked pretty impressive in the playoffs. You know, they uh, shut out the Tampa Bay Rays. They uh, beat the Houston Astros. And, I mean, that was just a great playing by the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. No tough series against the Astros, but Texas came out with a win in the series, and then they had to beat the Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks had beaten the Dodgers and the Phillies out to go to the World Series, and came up empty. Hmm. But, I mean, I gotta say, that's a great, great playoff run by Texas Rangers. They made all the way. Yep. Uh, again, hats off to them. They had a great run, great playoff. Uh, you know, they they looked really good. Congratulations to them for winning that the first World Series in franchise history. Um, NBA is in their in season tournament. It started yesterday. I apologize. I need to do some more research on this. This is very very new. First time they've ever done this is this year, and I'm not 100% sure how this tournament works, so I will do some research, and on the next podcast, I will have a an answer for that. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how all this works. Okay, so, well, yeah, it's kind of... The only thing that I know is it's the East against the East, and the West against the West, and the winner takes home the NBA trophy in each conference. Like they don't cross across the conferences. It's just each conference. So I will do some more reading up on that. Um, so I apologize for that one. I have no idea how that works. Uh, yeah, I have no idea how it works either. It's, it's, I mean, it's a new thing. It's, yeah, um, it's, I'm not even sure how much. I'm not even sure how I like it yet. You know, I, I we'll see. They've only played. They're playing their second round of games today. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. I've, I've watched a couple of games, but I'm, I'm not even sure how all that works. So I'll, I'll figure that out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I'm ready to watch those games tomorrow and Sunday. See how all that turns out. Those are probably the games that are going to be the best games, I think, of the Sunday afternoon. The ones that we called out, all the rest of the games, I think, are going to be a snooze fest, like Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Man, I got to take my hat off to Pittsburgh. I didn't think they were that good, but man, somehow they keep winning. They're 5-3. and three. I believe they will beat Green Bay tomorrow and improve to 6-3. and three. Tennessee and Tampa Bay, I have no idea. That's a toss-up. Washington, Seattle, Seattle will probably win that one. Um, but yeah, other than that, not really much else to talk about. I will say one thing though: um, 
we'll have a a college football episode tomorrow, but just a spoiler alert. While Michigan was on their flight to Penn State to play in Happy Valley, they the Big Ten didn't even tell them that they had imposed a suspension on Jim Harbaugh. They found out through social media in the news. But the Big Ten did impose, did wait until the last minute, until Friday evening, to impose that punishment. So even though Michigan was planning on filing for a restraining or injection, it really didn't give them much time to react. So Michigan went into Happy, Happy Valley without their head coach. And spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, they dominated that game and won 24-15. to 15. Yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But I think that that winning without your head so winning without your head coach is one thing, but not knowing until you got not knowing until you're in flight that your coach was suspended. You know that that's you know that probably kind of hits the players right, and so that's a lot of stress for the players right. And the coaching staff, because now the coaching staff has to prepare. You know, now she won't, you know, the head coach from Moore had to prepare for Jim to have to stay at the hotel. And he, you know, he was the one that the call put. He calls the offensive ranks, he's the offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach. But now, you know, the, the big time plays are his choice, not Jim's, because Jim can't communicate with the team in any way while they're on the field. So it all fell on Jerome's shoulders. I don't think Jerome Moore, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. I, I, I'm going to stop right there, but I think this is a huge statement by Michigan, and we'll talk about why tomorrow, and we'll talk about what this means going forward. But that's all that I have for today. Unless you have something else, Quentin, I, I don't have anything else for today to cover. Uh, yeah, I also want to talk about um, what our what uh, our playoff pictures are for the AFC and the NFC uh, after week nine. Okay, fair enough. So you want to talk about who you think is going to make the playoffs to this point? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to start with the AFC. Number one seed, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 7-2 also, tied with the Ravens, but they do... They are five and one uh, in their conference, and the Ravens are four and two in the conference. So, I mean, I gotta give that to the Chiefs. And then number two seed would be the Ravens. The Ravens. I know it's all about matchups, but I will say this: the Lions beat the Chiefs in the opening game in Week One, and then the Ravens turned around and destroyed the Lions. So that could make up for a very good playoff matchup for those two to meet up in the playoffs. But go ahead. I know matchups mean a lot. And maybe the Lions, maybe the Chiefs and Lions were just a better match than the Ravens and the Lions. But I think that says a lot. And then my number three team is the Jaguars. The Jags have been looking really good. Because, as I said earlier, Earlier, they started one and two on the season, and they won five straight. So, 
I mean, they're six and two right now, so I gotta put them at, at number three spot. Um, since the Jaguars are turning to a really good team, mm -hmm. uh, I think last year they went nine and eight, uh, or eight nine. I don't, I don't know, but uh, this year they're having. I think last year was when they started the success later on in the year, and this year. They're following that success to start the season off really good. And uh, I think the Jaguars have built a great team and great weapons for Trevor Lawrence because, you know, you've got uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, I mean, they've got weapons for Trevor Lawrence. And mm -hmm. they have a great coach, Doug Peterson. I think he's going to... Uh, I think he's been a pretty good coach with the Jaguars. Um, so I thought that the Jaguars number three. My number four team would be the Dolphins. Dolphins lost to the Chiefs. Um, so the Dolphins are now six and three, I believe. And um, I mean, I gotta put the um, uh, Dolphins at my number four spot. And then uh, number five would be the Steelers. I mean, I don't know how they, I, I don't know how they got to um, five and three. I don't know how they got to that uh, record, but I mean, it is what it is. So uh, I'm gonna go with them as my number five team. My number six would be the Browns. I mean. I, I, as I said, I don't know how the Browns got five and three. I mean, they, I don't know. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. Next team's got to be the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> like, right now, I, I, just based off the AFC North, if, if the season ended right now, everybody in the AFC North, I know this is going to work itself out before the end of the year, but right now, everybody in the AFC North would make the playoffs. <laughs> Four teams out of the AFC North. That's insane. But they have that one, two, three, four of the top records in the AFC. That's crazy for one division. And then Bengals number seven because they're five and three, two. They have a winning record. Uh, coming off a uh, tough, tough start to the season. So I got to put them at that number seven spot. Then, uh, moving on to the NFC, uh, I'm going to go with my number one team, the Eagles. They're 8-1, eight and, eight and I believe. Yep. So, I mean, I got to put them at that number one spot because only one loss this season. I mean, They're rolling. Yep. But, I mean, they still have to play uh, Kansas City next week on Monday Night Football. That will be a good one. Yep, rematch of the Super Bowl. Yep. It's going to be a really good, really good one. I'm going to see if uh, Jalen Hurts and Eagles can beat Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs. And then my number two team will obviously be the Lions. Lions, 6-2, and two, great start to the season. Mm -hmm. Last mm -hmm. year they were 9-8, and eight, and I think they brought that momentum to the start of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won several games at the yeah. end of the year last year. 
But they t- started two and six mm-hmm. uh, last year in their first eight games, but then they won yeah. seven straight. Like you know, a lot of people gave Dan Campbell a hard time when he first took over. He gave that speech about we're going to bite their kneecaps, and everybody was like, oh, we should be worried about the Lions. Yeah, you're right. You should be worried about the Lions, and everybody is right now because what that culture that he instilled into them is really paying off right now. Yep, and then number 13 would be the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, 49ers, Cowboys, both 5-3, and three, mm-hmm. but 49ers mm-hmm. beat the Cowboys, so, I mean, i got to put... 49ers at the number three spot, mm-hmm. even though uh, they're the team better than the 49ers. I'd put them in front of the 49ers right now. You just gotta uh, keep them uh, right there at that number three spot. Then my number four team, obviously, uh, the uh, Cowboys. Cowboys are. Uh, I could make an argument. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Are pr- pretty good team. And uh, I think that Dak Prescott's having a better year than last year. Like he he he's only been picked off I think five times this season. What hurts and Mahomes have been picked off eight. Okay. So I mean he's having a better year. So I'm gonna go with him as uh, my number four team. Then my number five team. I cannot include this team out of the playoffs. Saints. Hold on, hold on there, Killer. So you're saying the Seahawks, who are also five and three, aren't next in line? Uh. No, no, no. I, hey, if you want to go Saints, that's fine. It's your, it's your list. Hey, it's your know. list. Okay. Fair enough. I just wanted to throw Saints, that in there. The Saints have just played more games, so. Okay. Fair enough. I mean. I just put okay. the Saints in front, but I mean... Okay, okay, okay. Nope. The Saints have played more games. Good enough for me. It doesn't really matter. The Saints have played more games. Like, and then, number 16, Vikings. Uh, Vikings played more games. Um, oh, so you're going to put the Vikings eight. also over the Seahawks? Okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, hey. It doesn't... It, hey. Hey, do you... I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. Just asking. I mean, if the Vikings lose to the Saints, I'd put the Seahawks in front of them. But, I mean, Seahawks just mm-hmm. got a complete embarrassment. Fair enough. Yesterday against the Rams. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm just asking had, a question. Vikings, Saints haven't had their bye week yet, so. All right, all right. Se- uh, number 17, Seahawks. Seahawks, 5-3. and three. I think they deserve to be... Number seven. Uh, uh, in the playoffs. So that's my playoff picture right there for the AFC and NFC. So let's see what yours is. Alright, so let's start with the AFC like you did. Um, I'm going to put the Ravens number one in the AFC right now. Okay. I'm going to put the Ravens number one because they have been dominating teams in Kansas City is not now that's not saying that if they get the playoffs that I, I don't think Kansas City could possibly beat the Ravens because they are defending AFC champs but to be honest with you 
The Ravens have been steamrolling people. The last game they lost against Pittsburgh, I think, was a wake-up call for them because they should have won that game. They never should have lost to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. And I really think that that game motivated them, and they have been steamrolling people since. So my number one team is the Ravens. Okay, I... Love it or don't, the Ravens are number one. Number two are the Chiefs. Regardless of what Miles Garrett says, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, Rokon Smith, Patrick Queen, Marlon Humphrey, Gus Edwards, all them dudes are ready to make a statement. I think the Ravens are ready to take the next step this year. I think their offense looks a lot better under Todd Munkin. And I think their defense looks a lot better under uh, yep, McDonald. So, I'm, I mean, this could all change next week or after tomorrow, right? But right now, for me, the Ravens are just dominating teams. Like, they're, they're not just beating them. They're dominating them on both sides of the ball. So, that's why I made them number one. Chiefs are obviously number two. I mean... I, I mean, the Chiefs are a really good team, and they obviously have... A chance to go back to the Super Bowl. But right now, I think they're the number two team in the conference. Number three, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I know they've had a couple of hiccups here and there. But I just think they're a good team. And they'll probably finish out as the number three team in the conference. Number four for me, I like the Jags. I'm with you on that one. They look really good. If they can beat San Francisco tomorrow... I probably would move the Jags up behind Kansas City and Baltimore. Well, you put them at number four. Put the Jags at number four, right? Yes. And I had Dolphins number three. Ravens one, Chiefs two. Okay. So Jags are a number four team. If they, again, if they beat San Francisco tomorrow, I would probably put them up there with the Ravens and the uh, Chiefs. But I... I don't know. I, I, I like them. I like the way they play. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's taking a huge step forward this year. Travis Etienne, their defense looks really good, but I don't know. I'm not ready to put them over the Dolphins just yet. So, okay, number five, I'm going to go, I can't even believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm going to go Steelers, but Somehow they keep finding ways to win. Number six is the Browns. Again, they keep finding ways to win. And number seven is the Bengals. They keep finding ways to win. I Right now, again, I know this is all going to work itself out. And not all, all four teams out of the AFC North will not make the playoffs. But as of right now, like they all look really good. They all have good defenses. And they all find a way to move the ball and score points. So, honestly, for me, at the end of the day, I think the two teams are from out of the AFC North are the Ravens and the Bengals. Personal opinion, professional opinion, whatever you want to call it. But that's just what I think. So, let's move on to the NFC. Obviously, number one's a no-brainer. Philadelphia Eagles, right? <laughs> I mean, how can you bet against them? They're eight and one. They've beat the Cowboys. They've uh, let me see. I, I just want to look at their schedule here for a second because I'm pretty sure they've had some pretty impressive. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Dolphins. 
they lost to the Jets. That's their only loss, which is interesting. They beat the Buccaneers. They beat the Vikings. Uh, so they, they've got some pretty good wins on their resume. So I, I think the Eagles are for real. I mean, pretty, I mean, I was I, number one. They, they had to grind that guy, game out against the Cowboys, and that really impressed me the way they grinded that game out. Um, you know, I, I gotta say, it was a close, it's a close race between the Lions and Eagles game mm-hmm. because, uh, of, because of the Eagles games against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Those games have been all close games. You know, the first meeting was a 34-31 overtime win mm-hmm. for the Eagles and then a 38-31 win. Uh, their second game, but I mean, okay. I just got to say, the Eagles are lucky that they don't play the Commanders anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter. A win is a win, right? Doesn't matter how you win, as long as you win, and they're winning, eight and one, bro. Mm-hmm. Best record in the NFL, not not and not in NFC. Best record in the NFL. Best record in the NFL. Like, that's all that matters. A win is a win. Doesn't matter. What was it they said in the Fast and the Furious? Doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. A win is a win. I mean, so as we're moving on, the Lions are my number two team because I really like the Lions this year. They're playing tough. They've really taken on the persona of their coach, Dan Campbell. Remind me a little bit of the Wolverines there taking on that that persona of their coach and really owning it. Uh, I like the way they play. I like the way they grind it out. And I like the way they're tough. I think that... So two quarterbacks, I think, have reinvented themselves in their new homes. One is Geno Smith in Seattle. The other is Jared Goff in Detroit. I'm, I was actually surprised when the L.A. Rams gave up on Jared Goff so quick. He has really found a home in Detroit. I think he loves it there. I think he loves Dan Campbell. And he's really played good since he's been in Detroit. Detroit is slowly, with all those top draft picks for so many losing seasons, have... Draft made great choices in the draft pick and built around him, and I, I really like Detroit. And I like the way that they're. Uh, I like the way Detroit's playing, man. I really like it. I like watching them. They're fun to watch. Again, they're they're a real tough, grinded out type of team. I like that. I, that that type of mentality travels, even on away games, because if you have the grit to grind out a win, that means you can win anywhere. And I, I like that about them. I mean... Hey, look, you had your turn to talk, man. It's time to be quiet. <laughs> Let me give my... No, go ahead. What do you, you got to say about the Lions? <laughs> I mean, Michigan... The Michigan Wolverines are kind of like the junior Detroit Lions. You know, those teams are very similar. I agree. To each other I, I, I think Dan Campbell definitely reminds a little bit of Jim Harbaugh and his attitude. I, I like it. I really like it. Yeah, no. I mean, they're both... And I think their teams have taken on their coaches' persona. I I like it. Tough, gritty, you know, grind it out, play tough. I I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, both teams are really similar to each other. You know, both teams have great defenses. Both teams have great offenses. And they just are setting... Michigan setting college football on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, besides Georgia, 
um, in Detroit set in Greenfield on fire to flash the Eagles. It's just been very similar, just very similar to me. Yep, so number three, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Cowboys. I think they are, they, they, they have whiffed a couple times lately, but I think they're good enough to definitely make the playoffs. I said 49. And they're definitely my, my third team. I said 49ers. The reason why I put the Cowboys over the 49ers is because the 49ers are, have lost three in a row. And I need to see them bounce back this week. They bounce back this week and look really good. Then maybe, I don't know, I'll rethink that. But right now I think the Cowboys are playing better than the Niners, if that makes sense. I just think they're playing better. Again, those two can swap places again later down the road. My number four team is the Niners. My number five team is the Seahawks. Sorry, I don't agree with you on that one. Now, number six team. Let's talk about number six. I'm scanning around here for number six. If I had to pick a number six team right now, I would take the Saints. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win the NFC South. So I think they're going to skate in. At number six. My number seven team is going to be the Vikings. I think the Vikings back their way into the playoffs. I mean, That's my top seven teams in AFC and NFC. Yeah, Say what you will. But that's my team. And that's based off what I've seen on the field. I mean, I, I agree with you putting the Vikings in the playoffs. You know, I think the Vikings just... I don't know how the Vikings got into the playoffs. I don't know how the Vikings have uh, that... Have Five wins? Yeah, I don't... It doesn't make much sense. They grinded out that last one. <laughs> it was a comeback, too. Yeah, I mean, but it just doesn't make much sense. Sometimes all you need is the wheel to win. And I guess they won. <clears throat> All right, uh, that's our top teams. That's it for today. Uh, we'll see how everything works its way its way out tomorrow. Also, we will talk about some of the college football results tomorrow in our next show. And don't forget, this will be show number forty-seven. So, in three more shows. We will do our first video recording show. It won't be live, but we'll video record ourselves doing our show. So, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you giving us views and downloads on our podcast. We hope you continue to listen to our show or view it on YouTube. Please, please hit the like button or subscribe. Leave us comments or something you guys want us to talk about. Leave us comments. I have... Refrained from talking about the Michigan situation until everything comes out. Because to be honest, all the news stories that keep dropping. The next day something gets proven wrong. or I, I don't know. To be honest with you, it's hard to make sense of... Everything that's come out, I think that I just need to see 
what what comes at the end of the investigation. I I don't know. I just I've refrained from talking about it because I just don't. I can't tell what's facts and what's not because the media is so muddied with this. It, 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 the waters are so muddied; it's hard to tell what's fact and what's fiction. So I, I will continue to refrain from talking about the Michigan situation until I see all the facts. Right. Again, you know, if they did something wrong, they should be penalized for it. But the punishment should fit the crime. But if they did not, then they should be absolved of anything. So, you know, I, again, I'm not going to speak on it until I see all the evidence and all the facts. I don't think we've seen all the facts. I think a lot of these news stations like ESPN just, they don't care about facts. They just want to be the first to report a story. So they don't care whether it's true or not. So they drop all of these stories, whether they're true or not. And it's hard to decipher between what's fact and what's fiction. So that's why I'm refraining from talking about it. Do I think the way the Big Ten handled the suspension on Friday was really shady yes i do i think it was extremely shady they put michigan at an extreme disadvantage uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow um that's it for today we thank you for listening we hope you continue to listen and give us the views and, and the subscriptions uh, have a good day